Oh, hey, Rebels. I bet, once again, you're expecting the melodious vocal stylings of my boss, Ezra Levant, but he's not in today. I'm covering the show. This is me, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and it is a holiday in North America. In the United States, it's Labor Day. In many places in Canada, it's also Labor Day. In Alberta, it is Alberta Day. We've snatched the day back from the labor movement. And we're doing a best of show today, some of the best of our coverage of the Conservative Party leadership campaign, some of our sit-down interviews with the candidates, some of our coverage of campaign events, and some of our questions from the debate scrums. Now, I think you're going to love watching the show besides just listening to it as you are now. Now, one of the best ways to watch the show early and ad-free is to become a subscriber to what we call Rebel News Plus. That's our premium paywalled content. You'll get access to Ezra's show, which is every single day. And then every week you get a show from David Menzies, one from Andrew Chapados, one from me, and one from Kat and Nat. And for all of that, it's only eight bucks a month. What's that? A coffee a week? I think that's a pretty good deal. Now, to become a subscriber, it's really easy. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com. Now, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you to do me a little favor. Wherever you're listening to us right now, leave a five-star review. It's going to do two things that will make me happy. It will help other people find us in the podcast rankings, but it will also help us beat CBC, and that's a little something you can do for your old buddy, Sheila. Okay, thanks for that. Now, enjoy the show. The Conservative Party of Canada's leadership election campaign is nearly over and Rebel News has covered it from start to finish. It's Monday, September 5th. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. everybody. Thanks for joining me on this Labor Day. I guess for the rest of the country, it's Labor Day here in Alberta. It's called Alberta Day, where we've taken the day back from the labor movement. I'm filling in for the big boss in the big chair today, and that's okay because today is a best of show. We're looking back at some of our very best coverage of the Conservative Party leadership campaign. Our journalists have covered the contest to replace outgoing leader Aaron O'Toole from the very beginning and even before that, our journalists were on the ground in Ottawa when Aaron O'Toole put the final nail in his own coffin by refusing to support the convoy protesters in their peaceful demonstration for human rights and against COVID mandates in the nation's capital. And since then, we've had sit-down interviews with declared candidates, we've covered campaign rallies, we've interviewed supporters, we've live-streamed debates, and we've scrummed politicians afterwards, asking questions we know Canadian Conservatives want answers to. We didn't ask questions Conservatives don't care about. We asked about lockdowns, we asked about gun rights, we asked about free speech, we asked about China, supply management, and access to health care. Oh, and press freedom. So today, instead of our normal monologue and then interview, we'll refresh your memory on what the candidates said and did during the leadership campaign. The votes have to be in by September 6th, and then it's all over but the crying. If you don't have your mind made up, maybe today's show might help you. 
Okay, let's start with Ezra's sit-down interview with conservative MP Leslin Lewis. And I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with you about what the purpose of that birthday wish to the Nuremberg Code was. So that comms that I put out, Ezra, was on the birthday of the Nuremberg. And I really wanted to highlight just how Canada has deviated from that and how we should be careful because that code, we don't need to have another Holocaust. And I pray to God that we will never have anything so brutal and egregious as the Holocaust for us to actually invoke the code and to learn from it again. I believe that the code is an international legal principle that came out of one of the worst dehumanization of people to the point where people would say, well, um, you know, the Jewish people, some of them, their skin were the same color as the people who were oppressing them. But the hatred was so deep that they created a racial group and said these people are different and and measured the size of their heads and did atrocious things. Mm -hmm. That wasn't really what I was focused on. I mm -hmm. was focused on the legal principle mm -hmm. that came out of that so that we would never do that again. And so I took that legal principle mm -hmm. and I looked at whether or not Canada deviated from it. And I looked at the experiments that we conducted on young indigenous children and so many things were, were were so wrong with that experiment even when the children were deemed to be malnourished mm -hmm. and doctors wanted to intervene and give them vitamins the authorities our government said no because they are part of a control group they and you will ruin the experiment so they watch these children suffer and i wanted to highlight that and the reason why i highlighted the two other cases is because i know that then sometimes when people go, will go down the path of saying oh well you know our country's so bad no our country is the greatest country in the world and we learn from our mistakes and we are not perfect and that's what that's why we need to analyze our history rather than tear it down. Mm -hmm. And that's why I highlighted the Willenberg, Willowbrook Brook, uh, case and Tuskegee, because in Willowbrook, the parents also thought that, the, well, actually the doctor said that the parents were given consent, even though those parents were told that if you don't sign on to this program for your children, these experiments, we won't treat your children. We won't give them, they won't be able to stay in this hospital. So those parents were compelled and they didn't know that the children were being injected with hepatitis. So they didn't even know what the source of the injection was. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Tuskegee, Ezra. Mm -hmm. In the Tuskegee experiment, both black and white men were treated. The white men were treated and the black men were given placebos and watched and then sent out in the community to infect others yeah. and children were born with syphilis yeah. and were told and these men suffered dramatically and yeah. when they went to other doctors the doctors were not permitted to treat them they were told that they would lose their license yeah. if they treated these men because once again same as in canada they were part of an, a human experiment and they were a control group. And so they needed, they could not be treated. And this is egregious, Ezra. And on the, on the birthday of Nuremberg, I thought it was very important to highlight it. Yeah. Now, a few of my supporters contacted me and said, oh, you didn't mention COVID. And they were de very disappointed because to be honest uh, with you, uh, 
Ezra, the purpose of the post wasn't about COVID at that mm. time. It is to it was to highlight how fragile our rights can be and how something as important as the legal instrument of the Nuremberg Code was deviated on three three occasions mm. in North America for decades. Mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, I sat down with Roman Babber to discuss his comprehensive campaign platform. We should probably phase out supply management instead of telling uh, farmers how much dairy they can produce. And we need to have the courage to stand up for all Canadians and defend them against uh, Bill 21 and Bill 96 in Quebec and so on and so forth. I, I think uh, we should make this race about the conscience and the future of the Conservative Party. And that means not being afraid to put forth uh, bold and courageous ideas. Now, you've got a, a, a sort of a four-point plan of your commitment to Canada, and the first one is defend Canada's democracy. And, you know, not only in there do you, you talk about decentralizing powers away from the Prime Minister's office, um, and I suppose that goes back to giving power to the MPs to exercise matters of conscience without being booted from caucus, um, but also does I, I suppose that involves giving powers back to the provinces too to make decisions without meddling from the prime minister's office. Absolutely. So, so look, the the principal reason why I'm in this race is because I think we're watching an unprecedented erosion of Canada's democracy. And as someone with a unique perspective on how uh, precious and fragile our democracy is, uh, I think it's incumbent on us to stand up for our country and, and all Canadians. So first, I will end this 21st century segregation that we've been seeing for the last couple of years. I'll pass federal legislation to ban all passports and mandates and medical discrimination. Uh, I'll restore the freedom of speech. That's the most important thing we can do because through speech, we protect all other rights. So I'll repeal the liberal censorship laws. I'll defend regulated professionals. I'll speak to the social media giants through the Bureau of Competition and ensure that Canadians are not censored online. And most importantly, we have to ensure free and independent media, and that means end all media dependency uh, on government. But at the same time, you can't restore democracy in Canada without restoring democracy in the Conservative Party of Canada. So I'll restore parliamentary democracy by decentralizing power away from the PMO, allow free votes on matters of conscience, and encourage MPs to express their views uh, without fear of reprisal. You know, I think that's a, a really great thing that you're talking about, that um, free speech is, you know, it's the thing by which we argue about all the other rights. Um, and, uh, we, you know, I was talking to Ezra the other day about um, one of the great things about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is that he is unafraid to use all the levers of power at his disposal to advance his agenda. And we see the left do this all the time. Justin Trudeau does it all the time. It's how he banned 1,500 popular models of Canadian firearms. He just did it. Now, I disagree with his agenda, but he's using all the levers of power to advance it. And it's nice to see a conservative talking about doing the same, saying, you know what, I'm going to advance and pass this legislation. I'm going to get it done. Instead of conservatives being afraid to advance ideas. We always talked about, um, you know, the, the left talked about Harper's hidden agenda. 10 years later, 15 years later, I've never seen it where we're still looking for it. Um, it was so slow and hidden that nobody ever found it. And the left is always up front. At least we we may disagree with them, but we know what we're getting. And it's nice to see a conservative like yourself talking about it. One of the things you, I think, is a new policy to you is 
uh, the repeal of supply management. Now, as a farmer, I've got a unique perspective on this. I'm not a supply managed farmer, so I don't uh, I'm not I'm not pro supply management. If I can make it, they can make it. Um, but I think this is a new policy for you, or at least I've never seen you talking about it. Um, so why is why now? Why are you talking about this? Why is this a, a Roman Babber issue now? It's just to your earlier comment very quickly, we do not need to be afraid of, of presenting a, a serious uh, proposal and, and agenda before Canadians. Uh, I think that that, in fact, is what lost us the prior two elections, is that we're afraid to be ourselves or we run to the right during leadership and then we pivot to the left uh, during the general election. That is uh, inconsistent with our brand. We need to ensure that the Conservative Party stands on principles. And, and folks might disagree with me, uh, but that's okay. That's democracy. But at the very least, you will always know where I stand. Uh, like I said at the outset of the interview, I'm running against socialism in Canada. And that means that uh, I do not believe that we should have central planning of the economy. And I can't imagine a more quintessential policy that plans the economy centrally than supply management, whereby effectively uh, a politburo of sorts, uh, the Dairy Council of Canada, uh, regulates how much dairy products we may produce every year. I find that terrible for the consumer, uh, of course, for prices, especially when prices are, um, are skyrocketing in the grocery stores. We are spilling out thousands of uh, gallons of milk uh, when we need to encourage increasing supply, not decreasing, especially given that uh, we have uh, a lot of money in the economy. And so I think that if a Canadian wants to get up and farm, uh, we should not prevent them. Of course, uh, I understand that some folks own concessions and quotas, and we need to figure out a way to wean ourselves off supply management. And that means maybe looking at amortization, uh, looking at some sort of exchange uh, policy, but I want to free uh, our ability to farm. You know, I, I think that's great. I, I think very rarely people think outside the a box on this issue. Uh, and, um, you know, it's nice to see that you are addressing those arguments where they say, well, I have a quota, this expense, this quota is expensive. You're, you're rendering it useless to me. You've actually sort of thought a little bit down the road about how we're going to deal with people who hold these quotas, so that eventually there will be more farmers in the marketplace um, to bring those costs down to consumers. I think it's wonderful. Um, we one of the things that you're sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, absolutely, we cannot devalue someone's personal property. We cannot come in and overnight render it, uh, uh, render it uh, uh, without any value. Oh, sorry, devalue it overnight. And so what I propose we do instead, we have some models to look at. New Zealand has been able to wean itself off supply management. Uh, but most importantly, I think we need to think about the long term and we have too many cartels in Canada, whether it's maple syrup or agricultural products. Uh, we're limiting the supply of uh, fertilizer, for instance, uh, through a cartel, which makes no sense either. Uh, we need to free up our economic opportunity, especially at a time when we're seeing an unprecedented price inflation. Now, some politicians weren't able to sit down with us for whatever reason. So we had to go to them. Frontrunner Pierre Polyev was particularly elusive, but that didn't mean we weren't able to put a few questions to him. It took a few different rebels in a few different cities, 
But I think we got some answers from Polyev. Mon père, il était, il était Canadien français de la Saskatchewan. Quand j'étais né à Calgary, il voulait transmettre la langue française. Et il m'a dit que si, si je, je pouvais écrire mon, ma, mon liste de Noël, de, de Noël en français, que le Père Noël allait être beaucoup plus généreux avec moi. Et, et c'est pour, pour ça que j'ai pu commencer à apprendre le français quand j'étais très jeune. Mais je l'ai perdu pendant mon adolescence. Et je retrouve mes racines francophones maintenant avec ma femme, avec notre famille. Et je suis déterminé de perfectionner mon français pour être ici au Québec et pour essaimer le message de, de la langue française, la langue fondatrice de notre pays à travers le pays. Vous avez parlé que justement que vous vouliez euh, arrêter de subventionner euh, CBC euh, et euh, également, euh, je voulais savoir aussi votre euh, position par rapport aussi à Radio-Canada qui est euh, la version euh, francophone du Québec. Oui. Et euh, c'est quoi votre plan par rapport à ça? Euh, le plan que j'ai pour ça, pour dévoiler pendant la campagne à la chefferie, mais c'est vrai que je vais euh, couper le budget de CBC parce que c'est un grand gaspillage. Euh, ils gaspillent énormément de l'argent et presque que tout ce que fait le CBC anglais, c'est déjà disponible sur le marché. Les gouvernements devraient faire seulement ce que le marché ne peut pas faire. Mais presque tout ce qu'on voit au CBC, à la télé, sur l'Internet, c'est déjà disponible euh, dans d'autres sources. Euh, donc, euh, je reconnais que pour, pour RDI, c'est un peu différent parce que les, il n'y a pas autant d'options en français qu'il existe en anglais. Donc, euh, mais pour le CBC, il y a beaucoup de gaspillage. Je vais le couper, je vais, on va sauver l'argent et on va permettre les gens de choisir leur propre source médiatique. The blockchain and the genius of Bitcoin, no one controls it. The government doesn't control it. Um, it is controlled by uh, a protocol, uh, and you can buy and sell it without any intermediary. Everything is updated on a public ledger that is um, verified by thousands of people around the world through their computer network. Um, and those people don't even know each other, so they can't conspire to control it. Um, and uh, the genius of that is it takes control out of money away from politicians and bankers and potentially gives it to the people. 
So the central bank digital currency, on the other hand, is controlled by governments. That's what China is doing. China has banned Bitcoin. Well, they have brought in a central bank currency, uh, digital currency, which is designed to control people. And I'm against uh, having a central bank take deposits and take over the banking system. I think that the banking system uh, should be private. Uh, the, the charter bank should be private and um, the central bank's only role should be to keep inflation low and the financial system stable. All right, thank you so much. I'm going to smile for the camera okay. as well. <laughs> yes. I'm a, I'm a crypto trader. Yes. And uh, so I under, like the thing that me and my friends love the most about it is that it's, it's decentralized, obviously, yes. and no one can touch it. Yes. So how do you how do you get around all this? Like, I'm sure if you pay attention to the space, the scamming is unreal. It's happening, yeah. especially in the NFT space. So how can you avoid uh, centralization of a, of, a, of a currency, but also regulate it? Because that's a fine line, right? Well, first of all, there are scams in every part of life. There's scams using the American dollar, the British pound, the Canadian dollar. There are scams in the stock market, in the bond market. Um, there are scams everywhere, right? So it, people have to, but we're not going to ban dollars and stocks and, and, and bonds just because there are some scam artists. The first thing is that if someone, people have to take personal responsibility. Um, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, don't buy something you don't understand. There's a lot of junk out there, just like a lot of when the stock markets first began, there was a lot of scams that happened there, but we would have been mistaken to shut down the entire stock market system. So, um, personally, I don't trust most of them, um, I, but I do believe in Bitcoin and related technologies. I'm not saying you should buy it or not buy it, but I do believe you should have the freedom to buy it because it, it gives people the ability, using their own brain power, to decide what to do with their own money. And if the government is going to ruin our cash, like they're doing right now, then the people should have the right to look for other cash that they that, that the government can't control or manipulate. I believe in taking control of money away from bankers and politicians and giving it back to the people. En fait, on sait que au niveau des libérales, euh, les libéraux, euh, eux autres sont en train de faire de la censure d'Internet. On sait qu'il y a certains conservateurs du Parti conservateur qui ont supporté euh, cette censure d'Internet là. Est-ce que vous vous supportez cela? J'ai pas entendu la première partie. Euh, les libéraux en ce moment sont en train d'essayer de, de, de mettre un plan pour la censure de l'Internet ah, oui. pour arrêter ça. Je suis contre, 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 contre. Et en fait, j'étais parmi des députés qui se euh, sont euh, qui, qui ont travaillé pour battre le projet de loi C10 dans le dernier parlement maintenant c'est C11 je vais voter contre je vais travailler contre et je vais je, je vais euh, faire, euh, je vais travailler pour protéger la liberté d'expression sur l'internet Now some of the work I think I'm most proud of is our work from our team of journalists particularly the new ones in the post-debate scrums. They asked real questions, not CBC's what would you do about climate change questions that nobody cares about except, of course, the CBC and the Liberals who don't get a vote here. Take a look. Monsieur Charest, euh, oui. bonjour Alexandra, bonjour. Euh, la voix pour Robin News. Euh, avec l'influence croissante d'organisations telles que l'Organisation mondiale de la santé et le Forum économique mondial qui s'infiltrent au sein des cabinets du gouvernement canadien, comment allez-vous assurer la souveraineté de la nation pour que, que le pays puisse faire ses propres choix économiques et en termes de santé face à ses intérêts mondialistes? La Euh, pas avec M. Charest, merci. Bon, écoutez, euh, 
Je ne crois pas que le forum ou le, le, le WEF euh, menace la souveraineté du Canada. D'ailleurs, la dernière fois que j'étais là, j'étais là avec Stephen Harper. Et euh, en follow-up, euh, envisagez-vous de voir le Canada adopter l'identité numérique? Et si c'est le cas, quels mécanismes seront en place pour empêcher ceux au pouvoir de désactiver notre identité ou notre argent? Car on doit vous, se l'avouer qu'avec euh, le gouvernement Trudeau, ce qui a fait aux, aux camionneurs, a laissé un goût amer aux Canadiens en termes de sécurité euh, numérique. Bon, écoutez, je vais prendre ça comme étant un commentaire. Et s'il y a d'autres questions, je vous en prie. Alberta has, mo has some of the most uh, ethical oil on earth, both in terms of human rights and environmental concerns. Why are conservative leadership candidates uh, tiptoeing and apologizing around WEF climate language like net zero instead of doing the best thing that we could do here in Canada for the environment and sell our oil to foreign countries around the world? Venezuela and Ireland aren't playing these games themselves. Well, you certainly don't get any tiptoeing Uh, with me when it comes to um, what I believe is a very misguided uh, net zero carbon policy. Uh, on the contrary, I believe that Canada's natural resources are a blessing and I'm not going to let oil and gas be cancelled. And our natural resources are good not just for our strategic interest and our economic bottom line, they're great for the planet because Canadians can drive energy cleaner and safer than any other nation on earth. So I'm going to free Canadian oil and gas. Uh, I've been to Alberta three times since this leadership race began. Uh, I have a very robust Western Canada policy and uh, it's, it's not just great for, for Western Canada. I, I believe that the only way that we're going to get out of the fiscal hole that the Liberals are going to leave us in is to unleash the economic potential of our country and I'm going to do that by turning Canada into a natural resources superpower. Thank you very much. We've seen you shut down Brampton public parks, playgrounds, and other public facilities under threats of $880 COVID fines and worse. My colleagues and I witnessed you breaking your own rules, heading to play hockey with your friends, and you lied about that too. What do you say to voters that don't believe you because of your past actions? Well, I certainly don't agree with uh, rebel media, uh, and was very clear that I was one of the few big city mayors that pushed back against the closures of, of recreation. Um, and I'm sure you know that complaint from Rebel um, was found to be factually uh, incorrect. And uh, I'm proud of my record during COVID-19 to have been one of the few big city mayors in the country who didn't have vaccine mandates and pushed um, to uh, make sure that recreation was open to, to stay active, to stay fit. Mr. Sheree, how you doing? Welcome, I'm West. Doing, thank you very much. Can I ask you a question about fake news and disinformation. Justin Trudeau talks about it a lot, and it, he suggests that government has a role in identifying misinformation and disinformation and regulating it somehow. Do you believe that's something that the government should do, or, or do you think one man's fake news is another man's truth? I don't know how you do that. That's a challenge. I don't know how you distinguish all the nuances and the you know, the, the shades of uh, information to make a, a, a ruling or a decision. I don't know who makes that. So, uh, you know, we live in a world where we're just going to have to work hard to educate people to be as critical as they can and have a critical mind. 
on, uh, on the information they receive. A quick follow-up. One of Trudeau's proposals with Minister Rodriguez would alter the algorithm for Facebook or Google to boost content that the government prefers. Could be Canadian content, could be qualified news organizations. I think the implication is it would suppress things, other things. How do you feel about that algorithm change proposed by the minister? Well, I'm not sure what they're talking about, and I don't understand what they're talking about. I don't think they should be trying to engineer things that they don't understand or that they know what they're talking about. And last, but definitely not least, my favorite part of the job, talking to the people. And we heard from a lot of you at campaign rallies over the summer. He's more rassembler. I think he's a person that, you know, the world doesn't know a lot, especially in Quebec. Mais je pense que le monde aime, aime son discours. Parce que M. Charest, ça fait des années qu'on le connaît. On sait ce qu'il a fait en politique. Ça n'a pas été très, très fructueux. You want to tell us what brings you out here? Are you a Pierre fan? Uh, I am, yes, very much so. I feel like the way this country's been headed recently, we've been headed in the wrong direction, both uh, economically, uh, socially, and just about every way you can. Under this prime minister, I don't see a future for Canadians. Not one that I see under Pierre, at least. Is there anything you heard from him today that you would really support if he went through with? I mean, I really like that he's against vaccine mandates. Um, I'm vaccinated. I just hate the idea that the government owns people's bodies. I hate coercion. I'm all about individual rights, individual choice. He said a lot of things that I like. I'm only skeptical because he's only really been talking about these things for about two months, two or three months, whereas some other people have met, like uh, Bernie and Baber have been talking about them for a while. Um, so like, I'm, I'm open. I'm considering him. I'm interested. I'm glad. Like, I'd much rather have him than like Charest or Trudeau. Don't get me wrong. But I think my people are a little bit skeptical. He's going to have to do a little bit more work to prove that he means what he says. But I like almost everything he's saying. Being on university campuses and being conservative definitely makes you feel like a minority. But it's just so amazing to be able to come here today and see so many people who just share the same um, thoughts and opinions and be able to have conversation and see Pierre as well. So we're happy to be here. I think it's better than what it is in the States, but still it's a bit tough. Yeah, I mean, I say this. The guy who's on blackface four times shouldn't be the guy championing against racism, right? He's pulled a con on all the young liberals. Now, what is a promise you would like to see or hear from Mr. Polyev uh, if he becomes the leader of the Conservative Party? Well, uh, what he said about defunding the CBC sounds quite promising, especially because, uh, like, I don't see a lot of their, uh, like, company supporting free speech, like, ideology. And so I think that's going to be an important thing moving forward for Canada. Actually, I just want him to keep his promises, do what he says. This is what we're lacking for, um, for all of our politicians. For example, Trudeau, he promised everything, including that he would respect the Charter of Canadian Rights and Freedom. And now he violated every single section. Stay with us, your letters to Ezra, up after the break. Part of the show where we welcome your viewer feedback unlike the mainstream media we actually care about what you think about the work that we're doing here at rebel news and we're so grateful that you've taken the time to write us so let's since we're talking about the leadership campaign coming thankfully to a close let's talk about ezra's interview with leslin lewis the other day who is under fire for likening what's happening right now with regard to COVID-19 mandates to the forced medical experimentation that was covered under the Nuremberg Code, which grew out of the 
experimentation the Nazis did on unwilling participants. Woofius writes, speaking of the Nuremberg Code of 1947, technically these vaccines are still considered experimental and people should not be used as test specimens. You know, I don't think enough has been said about it, although I've tried. The entire military was vaccinated or they were fired if they weren't vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. That's what was given to uh, the military. Now, if we look at the demographics of the people who joined the military, despite all the social justice shoehorning to change that, the majority of the people in the military are young men. And then after the entire military was vaccinated with Moderna under the threat of being tossed out and having your career either stalled or ruined altogether, it came out that Moderna is actually not recommended for young men because of the risk of myocarditis. So how did they get that data? Did they use the military as test specimens one more time? Who knows? But this speaks to the dangers of forcing people to get a medical treatment that they don't want and before the medical treatment is really ready. Sleeping Giant One writes about Leslie Lewis, love this woman and would be proud to call her a representative of Canada. She's educated and more qualified than the drama teacher. Ain't that the truth? And frankly, has bigger balls to tackle the issues in our society and earth head on and answers people's valid questions on what the hell has been happening in this country and to talk about Canadian sovereignty as a major issue. Finally, because nobody else from this current government is. Real journalists like Rebel News should be asking why this conservative leader is one of the only ones talking about these real problems. Hopes she Hope she wins. Let's try that again. Sorry. Finally, because nobody else from this current government is, real journalists like Rebel News should be asking why this conservative leader is one of the only ones talking about these real problems. Hope she wins. Well, I can tell you why nobody else is talking about it because, um, well, the liberals, they all their only philosophy is control and power. And one of the best ways to control and wield their power over you is through the COVID scare and COVID mandates. So either they control you with legislation, laws, and mandates, or they just control your mind through fear porn that is being barfed into your face thanks to the nightly news, who are which, by the way, subsidized by Justin Trudeau. He's their paymaster. So that's why nobody else is talking about it. And if you do talk about it, like Lesson Lewis is, guess who attacks her? Justin Trudeau's attack dogs in the mainstream media. But it has been refreshing to see that she will not buckle. She, Lesson Lewis, will not buckle to that outside pressure of the media. That's a new thing in conservative politics. We saw Andrew Shear buckle. We saw Aaron O'Toole buckle. But this woman, you're right. Big cojones. Uh, Shewolf7 says there should be a Nuremberg trials about the COVID-19 mandates and deaths. I think we are just only scratching the surface of the problems that are likely going to be manifesting in young, otherwise healthy people in the very near future. But I'm also worried that nobody will be ever held accountable for it. 
And they did their best, didn't they, to eliminate the control group, the young, healthy people who didn't get the vaccine. And they did their best to do that by taking away uh, your freedom to travel, to go out, to have friends and family around you. They did their best to rob you of your freedom and unfairly coerce you into getting a medical treatment you didn't want. And I think after it became evident that the vaccines were not as effective as they said they were, the push to get everybody vaccinated was not about vaccination, but about hiding their tracks, making sure there was nobody to compare anybody else to and see the difference in outcomes. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. I'm so excited that this uh, Conservative Party election campaign is finally over. We can get down to the real business of getting rid of Justin Trudeau once all those details are sorted out. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to everybody in the office in Toronto for putting the show together and everybody who works behind the scenes in Toronto, but also across the rest of the country to make sure that the show is there for when you need and want to watch it. As Ezra always says, keep fighting for freedom and don't eat the bugs.